Hello and welcome to the Amar Kutub show, India's leading show for jobs and careers. If you are looking for your first job, thinking of switching jobs or seeking the best career guidance, then this is the place for you. To all our subscribers out there, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions or advice, you can get in touch with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or you can visit our website www.amirkutub.com. Presenting Amir Kutub, CEO of the Amir Kutub Academy. Hello everyone, welcome to another live with me Amir Kutub. So we are live on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Periscope. The format is pretty simple. We are going to talk about how to hack your career for the ultimate success. So feel free to ask any questions related to career today. Uh, let's not talk about entrepreneurship. Uh, let's talk about career specifically. So any questions that you might have uh, with regards to your job, your career opportunities, further education. Uh, feel free to send those questions through. But if you have any question around entrepreneurship, happy to answer them uh, as well. But the, today's focus is all about career. Uh, the format is pretty simple. Send your questions in the comments and I'll be happy to respond to them straight away. So Faisal is actually live and Faisal is saying, hello, hello, Faisal, how are you? Thank you so much uh, for joining the live session. So as we move forward, just feel free to send your comments through and we would be answering those questions. So. One thing that I would like to start with uh, and want to focus on is like sometimes we, we relate uh, having a good career with good grades or good marks. Now, this is my personal experience and I've read a biography of a lot of successful people out there, but I've also met a lot of successful people out there and their success is not related in their career is not related to their grades or marks. And I'm not only talking about entrepreneurship. I'm talking about the people who are successful in their lives, who are in the, the good job role, CEO position and things like that. And uh, education or good grades was never, ever a factor in, 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 in their career because a good career is dependent on your uh, technical skills and soft skills, the skills that you don't learn in your college and education and university. So we have got Nitish uh, from YouTube is saying, hello, sir. N Hi, Nitish. Uh, nice to meet you. Feel free to send me your questions. We have got uh, Tade Dakam uh, from Arunachal Pradesh. So we have got people from Arunachal Pradesh. So a lot of hearts and likes for, for everyone from Arunachal Pradesh. Welcome on board. Thank you so much for joining this session. Technoprime Solution is saying, hello, sir, from LinkedIn. Uh, welcome on board, uh, Technoprime Solutions. And then we've got Faisal Ahmad is saying how to choose a business. Uh, so it's probably is asking like what type of business to start with. A very simple formula to choose a business is first of all, identify what you are skilled at, where, where your skill lies. And then what is it that you are actually interested in? Uh, like if you are interested in sports, are you interested in health? What is the thing that you are passionate about? For example, me, I was passionate about technology and using technology to solve business. And then I, once you identify that, once you identify your strengths and weaknesses, your skills, your interests, then you go out in the market and look for the opportunities and threats. You look out and see, okay, what are the opportunities in this field? So if you're interested in sports and you've got skills in technology, 
you should look out for opportunities in sports technology and see what are the problems out there and how can I solve them. And that's where your business idea comes from. Your uh, a successful business idea always comes from solving a huge uh, tech, uh, uh, a problem. And uh, any business out there that you would see would be solving one or other problem. Okay, so we have got Shubham. He's asking, sir, aap kahan se ho? Bhai, main actually Uttar Pradesh, Aligarh se main taluk rakhta hoon. Ab bhi main Australia mein ho. Us vakt Melbourne mein. Melbourne ke paas balke Geelong mein hoon mein. We have got Shagil Shahzad. He's saying, hi, hi, Shagil. Nice to meet you. Adil Nawaz, hello, sir. Nitish Jha, Aligarh se hai, sir. Sahih bola, Nitish bhai, bilkul Aligarh se hai. Okay, so we have got one nice question from Adil Nawaz over here. What is demand in data scientists or what is the demand for data scientists? Now, data science is a huge, huge field. For those who don't know what data science is, so there is a lot of data that is being captured by these devices out there. Your phone is capturing a lot of data about you. Like Google Maps is capturing a lot of data about your location. Google is capturing data about you. Facebook is capturing data about you. All the shops out there are capturing huge amount of data. And the data science is actually about digging into those data and identifying the, the patterns from there. So identifying, okay, how many people uh, were in a particular location, how, how are people shopping, what is people's behavior, but also then data science has got application in sports. So all of the scores and stats that you see in, 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 in cricket, in, in the live uh, session, you know, all of the stats that you see, those are all results of the data science. Similarly, uh, if you look at uh, what, if you look at uh, the other one, uh, your uh, health. So looking at the, the health data of a lot of people and then identifying the outcomes from that is, is actually uh, the role of data science. So demand of data science is huge. You know, all of the work that has been done around COVID prevention is about data science as well. Uh Alvia Farheen's question is, I've been hearing a lot of people saying such thing like you don't need a degree, but we need to study, right? Then develops our thinking availability, right? Alvia, yes, that's true. You don't need a degree. The second thing is that the courses that are out there, they are actually a huge scam. Whatever you are studying out there, first of all, your curriculum is outdated. What you are studying in your school, university for grades, you are not going to use it in the real life. So what I'm saying is it's important to study, right? I also study uh, and I study continuously, but that study needs to happen not through your school curriculum, but the books that are available out in the market, the YouTube videos, the knowledge that's out there that your colleges and schools do not teach. So that's why I say that your degrees are useless. The, the studies that are happening in, in colleges are useless because the curriculum is outdated. The skills that they teach people are, are worthless. Like I see a lot of people who come uh, and interview for my company and they've got very good grades, 9 CPI, 9.5 CPI. And then I give them a very simple task to do or ask them a simple question and they wouldn't have any idea about it. Why? Because their colleges and their schools are not giving them the education that's required or necessary. Their schools and colleges are telling them about uh, uh, the things that are already outdated, the things that are not required at, at, at the moment. That's why I say 
that you don't need a degree that's why uh, you don't uh, 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 or your school education or college education is worthless okay you need a degree probably to qualify for a job that's fine go and get a degree uh, but don't waste your time just spending in the classroom and preparing for good marks because they are not going to get you a good career you know you can utilize that time to do some life projects you can utilize that time to do some extracurricular activities because you will learn real world skills from there and you will be able to achieve a lot from there as well i hope i answered that question alvia now we have got bhargavi ready uh, who's saying hello sir my friend had a question his manager never appreciates him though he works very hard even on saturdays also his manager appreciates other team members but not him how to handle this okay there could be two things one could be that the the manager himself is taking side and that happens the second thing is that i have a lot of people in my team who work very hard even on saturdays and sundays but they do not achieve outcomes for me so in that case in your friend's case what i would do is i would talk to my manager and i would actually ask him what are your expectations from me what are the outcomes that you need from me for because you know me as a manager i am more happy with the person who is working less i don't want my people to work seven like 9 hours or 12 hours every day i don't care if the person is working for 5 hours day and generating the right output for me that all uh, is what what actually matters so your friend needs to first of all introspect and identify whether there's something wrong in uh, uh in what he is doing whether he's just spending a lot of time but not achieving the right outcome so there are two concepts one is efficiency the second is effectiveness so efficiency is about doing any tasks in a more efficient way and uh, people focus a lot on efficiency but the fact is that if you are doing a useless task and you being very efficient about it then it's uh, it's it's ultimately useless effectiveness is about choosing the right task to do that will actually produce desired outcomes right so for example if someone is working in a marketing field if even if he's doing hundreds of tasks for me but that are not producing the right marketing outcome they are not producing the right leads for me or right traffic for me then it's useless for me similarly if someone is uh, you know working in producing a piece of code for me he might be working 9 hours or 12 hours or whatever but if he is not producing the right piece of software for me then the his work is worthless or useless so we need to identify okay the work work that he is doing or she is doing is is it actually of some worth to the organization clear clarify that expectations and the second thing is uh if he's doing his job right and uh, he knows that he's actually meeting the the company's goal then uh don't worry about manager's appreciation sometimes we look for appreciation from uh the people who are actually uh you know in front of us uh it's more about the gaining satisfaction out of your work so if you are satisfied with your uh the the work that you are doing you should be happy about it but then you should be talking to your manager and say okay what's the problem or not not say why don't you appreciate me uh just sort of say sir uh, i want to actually have a chat with you and just say uh, i just wanted to see what are the areas where i can improve my performance so that i can actually meet your expectations and that would allow manager to open up and 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 share the expectations 
Now, the next question again from Bhargavi is what are the best sources to learn data marketing and content writing? How to apply for PhD in Australia? What are the criteria? First of all, to learn data marketing and content writing, uh, to learn data marketing, I would say Neil Patel, uh, uh, go to his website. It's a very nice resource to learn data marketing. It's got everything in there. Uh, content writing uh, uh, is again something uh, that you would be able to find uh, on different, different sources. But my uh, opinion is for you to learn something, you actually have to try and do that thing. So rather than spending a huge amount of energy and time in just learning uh, something, if you actually create your profile on fiverr.com and upwork.com and start implementing it straight away, start uh, uh, working on it straight away, you would be able to learn a lot and you would be able to learn in a much more better and more efficient way. Now, how to apply for PhD in Australia? What are the criteria? I'll come back to you uh, on that, Bhargavi, because I have to take other questions as well. Uh, probably ask a question in a separate comment so that I can address that comment separately. Salman Nakvi, hello, sir. I need to know how can we get an entry-level job in data science domain? Some easy steps we can we can come up into data science field. Okay, uh, what I would say is you have to gain some experience in data science field. So I would actually encourage you to start by uh, freelancing in data science field. So it's very simple. What you have to do is uh, go to uh, Fiverr.com, create your own profile. Go to Upwork.com, create your profile, and try and get a very nice, simple uh, data science uh, domain project. Now the the project that you could do would be uh, you could do a very simple uh, Power BI uh, project on Power BI or project on Hadoop. Something pretty simple, something about creating a dashboard or something about a very simple data analytics. Actually, if you go to Fiverr.com and search data analytics, you'll be able to find the gigs that people are doing. You can copy that gig and try and do that. That will allow you to gain the experience. And then you can demonstrate that experience, put that experience in your CV, and then you can apply for a job. That will allow you to uh, look for those jobs easily and uh, actually get those jobs easily as well. Okay, Tahmid Azam Siddiq is from Facebook. Is diploma engineering enough for good career or degree is important? Degree is not important. Degree is not important, brother, at all. Uh, you can actually, especially in a private firm, you can start your career with diploma engineering. Uh, so you can actually uh, start with uh, uh, gaining a bit of experience and then you can do uh, be, be in an, uh, through an evening course or whatever because in some organizations for a promotion, they, they require a graduation. So graduation is important for you to be, uh, be eligible for some of those things, but depend on what you want to do as well. If you want to work in a government job, yes, uh, uh, your degree is important. If you work into want to work in a huge corporate uh, in a specific role, uh, like in a PSU, definitely degree is important. Uh, for corporate, it's not that very, not very important as well. Like uh, uh, I've, I've seen organizations where diploma engineers are actually uh, managers over uh, BTEC engineers as well. So depend on which type of organization you want to work on, and then you can define uh, what you have to do. What I would encourage you to do is that at least get get one or two years of experience and uh, see what are the fields that you are interested in. And, and from there, you can actually uh, do a degree after that. Or you can do an evening course uh, or uh, a remote degree. Alvia Farin, through that, sir. Thanks, Alvia. Paras Gaur. Hi, Amir. I'm Paras, student of Technical University of Munich, studying mm -hmm. master's in management. I want to ask you if it's possible to get a job in Australia, particularly in business development, marketing or sales. 
after having an ms from germany ps i'm from legal 2 paris uh, uh, you can get a job uh, but the 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 challenge with australia is that you need a valid working visa to get a job so companies do not sponsor your visas like in germany or canada in 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 saudi or in dubai what you have to do is you actually have to have a valid visa and that valid visa can be obtained via getting a permanent residency uh visa number 189 190 and 489 uh look for it go to immigration website immi.gov.au uh check out the points over there and see if your skills are lying in a skilled occupation list and apply for a pr it's extremely difficult to get a job in australia if you do not have an australian work visa the other way other option is to actually come to australia on a student visa get a temporary visa and then try and find a job over here alvia fari in the curriculum is outdated yes absolutely it's uh, it's it's pretty old actually like it's very outdated what made you uh, nishat as what made you to go for a startup like enterprise monkey so nishat i was always passionate about uh, using technology to automate business processes so you know when i developed the initial social network in my university and then uh, when i was working with hondas i i developed a uh, document management system that's when i identified okay i am passionate about looking at a business problem and solving that through technology so i thought how would i found a business that actually does that and that's when i came up with the concept of enterprise monkey and 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 it started that so it's about finding where you are interested in what's your uh, passion what is that one problem that you want to solve and developing a business around it it's as simple as that we've got shagil shahzad i'm studying environmental engineering in hungary right now but i'm more interested in business part than the technology part of things what kind of skills are required to land a business management position by the way i'm also from minto circle oh nice uh, shagil nice to meet you so uh, shagil first of all uh, look uh, even as an environmental engineer or whatever engineer you, uh, you are uh, for any of the engineering technical uh, like management position they are actually looking for engineering management position now there are two things one is business position which is uh, completely separate from the management position so you can be an engineer manager as well you can be a technical person with management skills and then you can be a very nice manager but if you want to go in 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 business that's something that's completely different so you have to identify where where you uh, where your interest is in and now business part is pretty huge you have to identify where, what you are interested in i'll give you some options you could actually go into project management because you need a bit of technical skills as a project manager but project management is more uh, technical so what you could do is you could actually do a project management course a project management certification and go in project coordination and then project management you could go into account management you could go into technical sales now for all of these things it's more about the experience itself rather than just getting a certification or or course how do you get that experience you get that experience by doing either a freelancing gig or an an internship so what you have to do is just have to create your cv like that and try and find a few freelancing gigs or at least just reach out to the business and say i want to work with you in in this particular position and that's how you gain the experience once you have gained the experience then it's easy to find a job if you don't have a job you take your uh, engineering resume and then apply for a business position you will definitely be rejected but if you are able to get some uh, projects on board that you have done in business management position 
a bit of certifications and then you change your CV like that, then you would be able to get into a business management position straight away. Amazing life, why not making a good thumbnail? Uh, actually, uh, don't even post my own videos on YouTube. My team does that and uh, like they've been just testing and trialing, but that's something on our to-do. We would be definitely making, like they would be definitely making good thumbnails. Uh, amazing life, I did commerce and now in BBA from zero, zero, zero reputation and no campus. I did commerce and now in BBA, good, from zero reputation and no campus. I want to get some good job. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Look, uh, you don't need to do your course from a very reputed college or whatever. It doesn't matter. Even the campus doesn't matter. What matters is what skills do you have? So you talked about uh, your commerce degree and BBA. It doesn't mean anything to me. What means for me is if you come to me as an employer and say, Hey, I'm good at project coordination. I'm good at uh, accounting or bookkeeping. Hey, I can take care of your finances. I can do this thing for you. What is that niche? What is that skill that you have? And that skill or niche would actually inform uh, the type of job that you are going to get. If you are just uh, looking uh, for a job on the basis of your degree, uh, you won't get a good job. So identify what was that one thing in BBA that you really enjoyed, develop your niche, develop your skills in it, and then pursue it. And that's the sure shot way uh, to actually uh, get a good job. Hidam Abdurrahman, how is your start of a day like? So I actually like to wake up a bit late. I sleep a bit late and then I like to wake up a bit late. So when I wake up in the morning, I would generally attend the so i before i sleep i have a list of the things that i have to do for the next morning so when i wake up in the morning i generally attend to the most difficult uh task for the day or the most challenging task for the day that requires high focus so i would just sort of like uh, uh sort of open my computer screen uh and then just focus on that particular task unless there are any meetings that are actually allocated in that case, I would do the meeting. Otherwise, I'll just focus on that task, complete the task. Then I'll check uh, the, the the emails uh, or my phones for notification and things like that. Then generally, I have a meeting with my team. So I will uh, have a quick meeting with the team and just sort of check the status of what's happening. Then I've got a few uh, meetings with the clients and things like that. And then I actually only work around six hours a day in my business, sometimes less than that because... Uh, like I'm more semi-retired now, my business is more automated. And then I've got everything, like all of my systems uh, are there. So I would just check a dashboard and that will give me an idea of, okay, how are the sales like? How are the projects like? How's everything? It shows me on a single dashboard. And I can be anywhere in the world uh, and I can just, you know, open up my phone and see what's the status uh, and uh, of uh, of my organization. So we have got a thing similar to WhatsApp in our organization that for our internal chat, this is where all of my clients and uh, team members are. So I can actually see uh, how my clients are actually coordinating with my team. So I can see all the correspondence over here. We don't use emails in our organization. And then uh, we have got, uh, as I said, a, a full dashboard that actually gives me an idea of what exactly is happening with my organization, uh, all the sets and everything. And that allows me to keep track of what's happening. And 
and that's probably uh, be uh, about it. It's a very simple setup structure uh, for my day. So first two hours for a very high focus energy work, uh, around 45 minutes for emails, phone calls, and things like that. Then I'll take 15 minutes break, chill out, uh, you know, just uh, move away from my seat, sort of come back, and then do again uh, one to two hours worth of focused work, like strategy or operational work. And then uh, I would still again go back to do a bit of email and meetings for 45 minutes, and that's it. Uh, if I have to do a, one or two client meetings, then I'll I'll do that. But but you know I don't like to work a lot. There was a time when I was working 18 hours a day, 20 hours a day as well. Uh, now I don't have to because I've set up my business like that. Meraj, Nabi Assalamualaikum, bro. Waalaikumsalam, Meraj. Technopine Solution, share the experience of hiring your first IT team. So I actually hired my first IT team in India when I was in Australia. I, I sort of like hired an outsourced team. And uh, uh, I did the interviews myself uh, and uh, first of all hired like a, a person who was basically a freelancer and he was looking for a more established job, Ankit Agarwal. A uh, very nice uh, person, uh, very skilled as well. And the thing uh, that I looked for when I was actually hiring uh, my IT team was I was looking for someone who was like uh, a raw talent. I did not want someone who had a lot of skills, but I wanted someone who was willing to learn a lot of skills so that I could actually teach him my way of doing things and he could follow it. But someone with a bit of mature mindset and someone with a bit of uh, innovation and entrepreneurial mindset. So that's when I actually hired uh, Ankit uh, uh, as my technical account manager, come technical lead. And then with his help, I sort of like started hiring more people uh, uh, in my team. Amazing life. How to find niche for getting a good job? Give niche related BBA. Okay. One way to find your niche is look at what are your skills and what are your interests and mix both of those things. I call them hybrid careers. So if your skills in our technology and if you are interested in sports, you mix your sports and technology and make a career in sports technology. Similarly, if you're interested in health and if you have skills in technology, then you mix both of them. Now, you have asked, again, the question you have asked is give niche related to BBA. The problem is that the course is not teaching you any skill, right? If you say that give me a niche related to accounting or give me a niche related to data marketing or project coordination or Excel or whatever, those are skills. Those are valuable things that I can, I can give you a niche related to that. I cannot give you a niche related to a course because a course is a useless if it's not teaching you any skill. So my question back to you is what is that skill that you have learned in BBA? And then I can tell you, okay, this is a good niche for a good job. So if you say that in your BBA, one of the things that you have learned is, is uh, uh, basically probably uh, calendar management or scheduling, then I would say being an executive assistant is a good niche that you can actually go on. If you say that you have learned project coordination uh, in your BBA, then I would say project management or project coordination could be a nice niche. But again, BBA just being a generic course, if it's not giving you any skills, then it's useless for you. It's, it's not going to get give you a good job. So identify what is that skill that you have learned or, or the skill that you want to learn. Once you have that skill, then you would be able to find the, the, the niche and you'll be able to find a good job. 
We've got Sayyid Amjad from YouTube. How to write LinkedIn summary when you have worked in a project which is confidential in your internship? Uh, that's pretty easy. All you have to do is do not mention the name of the project and just say either embargo or just say protected under confidentiality. So, for example, I have worked with one of the largest uh, clothing brand, but it's covered under confidentiality. So I say Australia's largest clothing brand. And in bracket, I said covered under confidentiality. And then I'll explain the project in generic terms without naming anything. So I worked on a very uh, secret uh, uh, like government project as well. So rather than naming the department, I would say like a high uh, end uh, secret government project. And uh, I would not put the, the, the detail, but I will say, okay, this was the, the generic problem and this is how I actually uh, solved them. So you don't have to mention the project. Uh, you don't have to mention the company, but you could just do it in generic terms. Was it a retail organization? Was it a, what type of organization was, was it? What type of challenge was it? And what type of uh, problem did you actually solve for them? That's what we do for a lot of our case studies as well. Because, you know, we most of our, the work that we do, because we work with organizations that are already in trouble, we solve their business processes and then actually help them evolve their business processes. So they like to keep it confidential. So in our case studies, we generally just say, you know, we worked with our tire manufacturing organization or we worked with a whatever organization and they were having these issues and this is how we actually solved them for them. Okay, Lucky Tagi, how you got your first client for your business? How to how can we get our first client? Okay, Lucky, we I have actually created a video for this. It it is on YouTube. It's like how I got my first client uh, in Australia. But the way I got my first client was you know the way uh, uh, you distribute pamphlets. I was literally going out on the shopping centers, streets, businesses, taking my business card and just meeting the business people in the networking meetups and so on and just saying, hey, I've got this business. I can solve your business problems. I'm not going to charge you anything. Just allow me to work with you. That's it. Now you have the opportunity. You don't have to do like this pamphlet distribution to reach out to people on LinkedIn, business owners on LinkedIn, Facebook page owners uh, on, on Facebook, and just say, hi, I'm lucky. Uh, and I have got this particular skill. This is the problem that I can solve for your business. I can do a data marketing for your business. I can do legal audit for your business, whatever work you can do and say, I'm not going to charge you anything. Please allow me to work for your business and I'll give you this benefit. I'm pretty sure if you reach out to 50 people, you would be able to get someone who would say, okay, yes, I'm more than happy for you to work. Uh, for my business, even if someone reaches out to my business and say, okay, this is the problem that we want to solve for your business, uh, then, uh, you know, someone like me would be happy to entertain them. So the very first client, you don't charge any money. Second client, you don't charge any money. And from third client, you start charging money. And that's how uh, you get your first client. Lucky Thiagi, because I thought getting the first client is the hardest thing and I'm struggling for that. Yes, you would be. And I had to struggle for four months before I got my first client. I was persistent. I was just reaching out and, you know, everywhere. Then finally, I met this person in bus. I started talking to him and I, you know, pulled up my business card and say, hey, this is my uh, business card. I, I run this business and I want to help your business uh, and I want to do it for free. And I didn't say that I have, don't have any clients or something like that. Uh, so I just sort of like pulled out my business card and said, this is my business card. This is what I do. And I was looking for a business in your industry 
that I could help with. Look, I'm more than happy to help you on a trial basis for free uh, because I just wanted to explore some some work in your industry. It's, your business sounds exciting. And I would love to work with you. And that was my pitch. That got me my first client. Uh, as John, what to do after B Pharma? Uh, I had one of my friend, uh, Javed, uh, he did his B Pharma. And then he started working with Google uh, in their uh, pharma uh, uh, research wing. So uh, after B Pharma, you can actually get a very, very nice job in a lot of uh, either, uh, of course, farm, farm, um, uh, messy organizations, but a lot of uh, health-based, research-based organizations as well. Identify for what are you interested in, what is your niche, and then uh, from there, uh, develop your skills and then reach out to them. And I think that's where your the second question lies is, is skills required in health sector? Health sector is huge. So health sector covers um, right from your medicine to your sort of anatomy, to your physiology, to all of those things. So healthcare sector is, is huge. You need to identify out of everything that's there, what is the thing that you are interested in? What are the skills that you have gained so far? And then uh, grow your career sort of from there. The other approach could be just look at what are the different jobs that exist and what is that one job that fascinates you? And once you have identified what is that job, one job that fascinates you, look for the people on LinkedIn and just reach out to them. I don't know why we are so shy about reaching out to people. Just all you have to do is just reach out to the people and ask the question and say, you know, this is this is what I want. I want to learn from you. And I really admire your, your career and I want to be get a job like you. What do I need to do? What are the skills that I need to gain? And they would be able, uh, they would be able to help you straight away with that. All right. So amazing life, niche related finance, marketing, operation, management. So we have talked about very three very broader fields: finance, marketing, operation, management. Uh, amazing life. Uh, but I would uh, tell you, uh, fintech uh, is a, is a growing field. In terms of marketing, growth hacking is a growing field, and you can look at that operation management you can look at e-business and supply chain management not just supply chain management but e-business supply chain management how can uh, uh, we use e-business to manage supply chain management so i've given you three niches very nice fintech uh, growth hacking for marketing and for operation management supply chain management uh, they are beautiful fields and you can actually easily develop your career in there Say Damjad, sir, my sister is having one year experience as a UI developer in CTC is five LPA MNC, and now she has an offer company CT three point two five work office in Pune. Search for a job or join. Uh, so the question is, does she have a job at the moment, or has she lost her job? Uh, if she has lost her job, I think what she could do is. She could keep on looking for a job and she can start working as a freelancer. I don't know why she's not working. Uh, like she should be working as a freelancer, create a profile on Upwork and 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 start doing some uh, providing some services straight away. And she would be able to earn equivalent to what she would learn in a earn in a job. For like 3.25 uh, LPA, I I would say that she would be able to get a better job uh, working from home or she would be able to uh, get earned better money just by doing freelancing. Uh, 
Now, in terms of uh, search for a job or join, I would say that at least uh, reach out to organizations and see what's there in the market. She could join uh, if she still has the opportunity to to search for jobs as as well. Like, uh, like completely up to her. But what I would say is, even if she joins the job, she should not uh, give up on looking for the jobs because there are a lot of jobs out there, especially for UI developer. And she should be able to get a get a nice job easily. And because she was already on a nice CTC, I think three point two five is a is a bit of less CTC for her experience. Haydam Abdul Rahman from LinkedIn. What is your approach on learning any new skills, technical or non-technical? I just mainly I start doing it. I don't learn a skill if I don't need it. So I would never do a course that I don't need it. So whatever I I do is if I have to learn anything, I'll pick up a project that I want to do in it, and then I'll just start doing that project on on the side. I'll start learning. So I don't do a lot of courses. I generally do a lot of googling. So I just I would just start working. In, on something and i'll just start googling it and just watch the videos that come up watch the 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 articles that come up and uh, because i don't enjoy just you know uh, uh, going through a course it becomes a bit boring for me i don't enjoy sort of like sitting in a classroom as well or reading a book uh, as well what i enjoy is i enjoy working and when i'm working when i'm stuck i just google it or try and find the the solution and that's how i i like to learn and i think that's the best way to learn as well it just allows you to learn more quickly and more easily so i actually had uh, my uh, one of my cousins uh, he was not very good with studies and uh, he did his bcom but he was not interested he could not even complete his bcom and he did not know what he wanted to do with his life because he just uh, was not good at studies so i actually invited him to work in my office as an intern and i said look uh, just uh, join my office uh, observe what people are doing i'll give you a project and do that and he said but i do not have any experience uh, in wordpress or whatever and i said that's fine just come to my office i'll give you a project and start working from there so he joined my office uh, just on an unpaid internship i gave him a very simple wordpress website project and i said uh, look here are the resources if i tell you to go through the course you will never do that i send you to a coaching you will never learn it i'm giving you a project you have to do it you have to figure it out there are people in the company you can ask them you can study yourself or you could do uh, uh, you could you know go through the courses or whatever everything is at your disposal disposal but i need this project done so he did that that project uh, uh, in two months and in i think around three months he was able to learn uh, most of the wordpress from there the person who was never interested in studies who did not know what he wanted to do in his career when he was given a project a target in something that he was slightly interested in he was able to search he was able to study he was able to gain his skills and that's the part of, of uh, once you are actually given a project once you have a target that's when you are able to learn much more efficiently and easily uh Okay, sure. Job alert official. How to solve JE questions? Uh, JE questions. How to solve? Okay, the very first thing that I would tell is uh, uh, always uh, when you are preparing, uh, you should look at the last ten year questions uh, because uh, most of the things are actually stuck from there. And I think the the challenge is with any competitive examination is that we worry a lot about. uh 
you know the coachings and 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 what's happening over there as long as you are sticking to the basics and you are clearing your fundamentals you should be able to solve the je je questions straight away lucky tyagi sir what type of business do you have and what all they are so bro i have established three successful businesses i have invested in eight technology startups that are worth around 30 million the three businesses that uh, i own one of the main one is enterprise monkey it's basically a digital solutions organization so we work with large organizations and governments and is uh, even some uh, medium uh, size businesses we look at their problems and then solve them through innovative technologies so those innovative technologies could be artificial intelligence augmented reality virtual reality uh, mobile applications or whatsoever so so we look at business problems and solve them through the technology and that's uh uh that's basically our business in nutshell as john how was your life at amu my life at amu was full on masti wali my i did a lot of uh, masti in college i used to sit at dhabas used to bunk classes uh used to skip classes a lot uh used to mark proxy i was participating in all the extracurricular activities uh i actually participated in students union election i was elected as the secretary of students union as well so and all of these things actually gave me the confidence and gave me the skills to be able to to achieve success in my career if in my college i was stuck in the classroom and i was buried in the books i would have never gained these skills and i wouldn't have never uh become uh like would have achieved this success in my life so all of the success uh is credited toward the time that i spent out of the classroom during my college time not inside the classroom uh aman siddiqui which is the most effective platform to search job in your opinion okay to be honest it's linkedin and a lot of people see the jobs on nokri.com and apply for the job that's fine you can keep on applying but linkedin is the most proactive way of finding the jobs what you can do on linkedin is follow the companies that you are interested in search for the people who are on the similar profiles or who are recruiters send them the request and make genuine connection with them so starting from today reach out to 50 people in your field on linkedin every single day for next 30 days reach out to them make genuine connections you will get a job in next 30 days that's the, that's an open challenge uh, i have given i give this challenge to everyone three people so far has taken up this challenge one got a job in 15 days the second person got a job in 22 days third person didn't get a job in 30 days but someone he actually connected with got back to him after two months and offered him a job so all you have to do is reach out to 50 people in your industry uh who are in 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 hr make genuine connection with them don't say i'm looking for a job give me a job reach out to them tell them about who you are what is your niche what are you interested in what would you bring to the organization and just ask them how can i improve my uh, skills and like make genuine connection and once you have made that genuine connection then ask for a job and just rather than saying do you have a job for me just say look i am looking for this role and i think i would be a really good fit for an organization can you recommend me uh, or refer me to a job like this that's it uh, so that's the, the the most efficient way to get a job the most easy way to get a job of course you can start looking for for jobs on nokri on mosro whatever it is 
but LinkedIn would actually help you uh, reach that goal more efficiently and effectively. Pranav Mathur, sir, what to do after 12 except IIT? Uh, bro, depends on what you're interested in, what's your field. If you are in PCM, I'm assuming that you are uh, in PCM. Yes, you are in PCM. Uh, so a lot of people run after uh, BTEC, but you don't need to do BTEC. If you're interested in, in computers, you can go for BCA. Uh, that's a very nice field. You can go for BBA if you're interested in business. Uh, I'm not sure if you could get in BCom. There are some BCom colleges that you uh, take you for PCM. It's more about identifying, okay, what is that thing that you are interested in right now and then building your career in there rather than saying, okay, this is a cool course. I'll take an admission in this course. You might want to build your career in nanotechnology. You might build your career as a scientist. You know, uh, you don't have to build your career as an engineer. You might want to build your career as a mathematician, right? An academician as well. So introspect, identify what is that thing that interests you most. Don't worry about, okay, whether this career will pay me more or not. It's more about what you are interested in. Because if you are good at your job, you will get paid whatever you need. Like, uh, it doesn't matter what field you are in. What matters is if you are good at what you do and if that, there's an opportunity out there and you'll be able to find a nice career option in that field. Otherwise, you would be stuck with that option that you would never like. You might earn money, but you would never enjoy. Imagine spending 8 to 12 hours every single day, half of your life stuck in a job or a career that you are not good at or you are not interested in. Sayed Amjad, is it good to work as a consultant? when you do not get an employee role in MNC through consultancy, hiring an MNC? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, it is always good to work. Either work as a freelancer, work as a contractor, work as a consult consultant, doesn't matter because you are gaining experience. Look, your studies and degrees are useless uh, and they are not going to get you a good job. The best way to get a nice job is to gain some experience. Now, you gain that experience either by doing freelancing projects or internship or a consulting job or a contract job. Doesn't matter. You have to, once you get into a field, then once you get, get some experience, then a lot of career options would open up for you. So yes, it's, uh, it's actually good to work as a consultant. It's good to work, you know, no matter how you find that work. Initially, unpaid, uh, paid doesn't matter. All you have to do is join somewhere and get some work experience so that then you become a, a valuable person for an organization. If you do not have work experience, then you are not worth anything. I'm sorry, but that's a fact. Sayyid Amjad, how to become general manager at the age of 24 when you are from an average college? Well, that's that's me actually. I became general manager not at 24, at 25 when I was from an average college. Well, uh, look, you don't have to be general manager at age of 25. Uh, what you should be aiming for is what is your goal, what you want to achieve in your life, and then aim towards it. The way I became general manager at 25, I'll tell you, was that uh, at the age of 23, I got this amazing internship opportunity with a company called ICT Geelong, which is an IT industry cluster. Now, they gave me some work that was a bit of database entry work. And they say that you have to do this work in your uh, full three months of internship. So I looked at that work. On the second day, 
I caught my general manager. He was sort of like going and say, "Excuse me, can I talk to you?" And he, his name was Craig Hill, and I said, uh, "Craig, I am actually doing an internship with your organization, and I've been giving a given a task to do in three months. I can actually do it in five days." So he actually uh, smiled at me. I think he mocked me or like just probably laughed at me, but he was like very receptive. He said, "Okay, uh, so." So I said, "I what if I do it in five days?" So he said, "You know, go ahead, uh, do it, and and show me." So what I did was I automated all of those tasks, and actually I couldn't do it in five days. I was able to do it in around uh, nine days, but I actually did the three months of work in nine days, and then I reached out to my general manager, and said, "Look, this is the task that was assigned to me. I was have automated a lot of it, optimized it, and I've achieved in nine days." and so he looked at me and said that's great but now your internship is over because you have already done done the task so what will you do why should we pay you so i said i know that you are going to say this what i have done is i have looked at other things in your organization and i think i can solve these problems for you i can do these things for you so this was my proactive approach and he said that's fine okay do it and that's how i became closely associated directly with the general manager and he started inviting me to solve problems he started taking me to board meetings and things like that and in the very first year like when i got the job in there in the very first year i was at a position where i was like the right hand of my general manager i had grasp over each and everything all other people in the department they were very good at their own things but no one had an idea of each and everything in the organization so at my age of 25 like one and a half years into that organization general manager craig actually had to leave that organization and he had to leave quickly and that would leave the gap in the organization so my chair was uh, concerned because the the recruitment process takes 2 to 3 months so and they wanted someone to take control of the organization in the interim so my chairman called me and say look we would need a bit of time to to get an interim general manager how about can you take up the role as an interim general manager and that was an amazing experience for me because i was so young i was from a different country and everything but that was like a eureka uh, moment for me and i said yes absolutely i would love to do that i had no idea uh, about how uh, how i'm going to do that but i accepted that challenge and then i worked my ass off like i literally worked when i say 20 21 hours in a day yes i worked 20 21 hours in a day i slept for 3 to 4 hours i used to eat while working i used to do everything while working when i was in toilet i was on my phone still working as well so i was literally working 20 hours a day and in the 3 months i was able to gain so much so that the board said that we might not need a new general manager because amir is doing his, his work very well so they extended my term and then they extended my term for the full year and in one year i actually increased the revenue of the organization by 30% i increased the membership base of my organization by 50% and uh, that was just my commitment to the work that i was doing so you can become a general manager or ceo or whatever if you are honest with your work and if you show the dedication and that's it and that's that's uh, that's all you need all right so arif khan what type of 
contracts you sign before bringing the client on board? That's a very great question, Arif. I just have a very simple uh, one single uh, contract. Generally, some organizations have, have two. One is master service agreement and second is uh, project contract. But I only have one uh, contract that I sign when I bring the client on board. Uh, you can search for like development agreement and that's just a very gen general standard one that you could be able to find a template for. If you go to amirkutub.com and request for the copy, uh, my team members would provide you a copy uh, over there. Uh, go to amirkutub.com, register for the academy, just in the feed, just request for it and uh, you will be, uh, someone would actually share uh, the copy of that contract over there. The situation, have you ever thought of preparing for civil services? Yes, I thought of preparing for civil services. When I was working with Honda, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So some of my friends said, how about you prepare for civil services? So I said, that's good. I'll prepare for civil services. So I went to Rajendra Nagar, uh, bought a lot of books. Like you get a full, you, if you go to Rajendra Nagar in New Delhi, you can buy like the full package, photocopy package. I think 10,000 rupees or something like that. Bought that. Uh, bought it home and I said, all right, from tomorrow, I'm going to start preparing for uh, civil services. Picked up one book, started reading it, and it was like extremely boring. I never enjoyed studying. I, I could not I could not sort of read more than two to three pages of the book. I tried again. I tried a few times, but then I realized, and that's very important to realize, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? I realized that I was not interested in it. And, you know, I might have to force myself a lot to, to actually do that, but uh, that would probably be not worth it. So that's why I left the preparation. I so, sold the package or I, I think gave, gave it away to someone else and identified like it doesn't matter if that uh, I am talented or if I, I have the ability to crack the civil services. What matters is whether I'll enjoy doing it or not, whether I'll enjoy preparing for civil services for two to three years. The answer was no, because I could never sit in a room and just study. That's that's not who I am. And secondly, I would probably not enjoy the job itself. I might enjoy the job, but I might not enjoy uh, preparing for it. So that's why I just skipped prepare, preparing for it because I knew that it was not for me. I also started preparing for IES and GATE and then realize that th that's not for me. I don't have to follow the herd. I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. I could just create my own path. Sayyad Amjad, uh, all right, guys, uh, I would be taking only four more questions and that's it for today because we are already passing uh, one hour. Sayyad Amjad, I had an idea to, idea to make a travel guide website, but how can I make it commercial? Is there already existing apps for OYO app to book hotels? Ola also provides cabs and travel agencies have their own app. Yes, that's right, Sayyad Amjad. So the, uh, the big thing that I will tell you about startups is sometimes we think, okay, this is a cool app to develop. This is something that I want to develop. The very first question that you need to ask when you are starting a startup is, what problem are you solving through that startup? Who are your competitors? How are you better than your competitors? How are you going to make money? What's your business model? But when I sort of said, who are your competitors? How are you better than your competitors? If there's someone that's already existing in the market that is exactly doing the same thing, why do you want to replicate the same idea and waste your time and energy on it? Think about a problem that has not been solved so far. Okay, think about uh, all the OYO and OLA or whatever out there. 
and think about a different industry that you can use it on or think about something that's missing in these industry and how you can uh, uh, use it for your competitive advantage. Otherwise, uh, think about like how much money these organizations have. You will never be able to compete in marketing with these organizations. So, and that's why even an investor would not invest in your idea unless and until you come up with a different angle. Maybe a travel guide website that's more democratic like TripAdvisor. Maybe a travel guide website that's managed by the local volunteers. Maybe a travel guide website that gives you work from home opportunities. Give it a new angle, solve a new problem. Someone maybe who wants to work remotely is looking to travel, but also looking for co-working spaces. So maybe your travel guide website compiles both of them. Maybe your travel guide website compiles healthcare treatments with travel. A lot of people, you know, travel from Australia or around the world NRIs to India to get their treatment done, to get your, their uh, like skin, skin treatment or mouth treatment done. So that's a niche that you could actually combine uh, uh, in your website and give it a new angle. If you're still solve, trying to solve the same problem that other people are solving, uh, then it would be extremely difficult to compete in that marketplace. And that's the biggest tool of startup. Uh, okay, all right, guys, three more questions. Does this pandemic affected your growth, business, yourself? Uh, for us, it didn't have a huge impact, first of all, because we were ready or we were all uh, set. But a lot of our clients and a lot of projects uh, that we were about to have, they actually died. But there were other organizations who needed digital solutions. So we did not uh, face any issues uh, as such, but we were anticipating a more higher growth, exponential growth. I think that was not met. So that was affected a bit but it didn't have a huge impact on our business. There were some business, there are some of my clients, some of people out there who suffered a huge, huge loss. Like I've seen a lot of businesses just completely dying up in Australia. So I see if, I, if the business has actually survived and it has growth and a steady rate, we have still have got profit and revenues and things like that. We were still uh, able to pay our employees and everything during the pandemic. I would see this as a blessing uh, in these times. So I would say that this has not really affected the growth, but it affected a lot of my plans, the things that I wanted to do with the business. But that's just the nature of it. You know, you you expect things to happen your way, but they never happen your way. You just have to uh, adopt adapt to the situation. Okay. Uh, I'll take a question from Shahir. Uh, hello, I started a website, resultadda.in. What are the opportunities? How to get more traffic and grow? Please have a look and advice. Shahir, I'll definitely review your website and let you know uh, uh, separately. Uh, but people who are watching this video, let's try and support everyone. Like, let's make this as a community uh, and let's support each other. Let's. So I'll encourage everyone out there who's watching this video to go to resultadda.in. Let's check this website out and just provide the, the feedback to Shahir. And if you other people are have got similar startups, let's just put it out there. Let's just help each other uh, uh, to grow because this is how we are actually uh, going to grow. But well done, Shahir, on developing this website. Uh, I'll definitely look at it. I'll definitely look at the opportunities and tell you how to get more traffic and grow. The very one thing that I would actually tell you is 
uh, with any website that you are developing, it's extremely important that you are capturing the the details of the people who are coming through. So I don't know what what you are providing in your website, but if you could do a a, a wall that forces people to enter their email address in exchange for either results or a, an ebook or a checklist or whatever it is, then you would be able to get a list of the emails and then you would be able to set up them in a marketing automation funnel so that you are able to uh, reach those people again and again. And that's how you build a successful online community. Bhargavi Reddy, sir, please suggest some app ideas based on COVID-19, various spectrum, education, healthcare, etc. Okay, so Bhargavi, I uh, came up with an idea that worked pretty well in Australia. So when the COVID hit, I thought a lot of people are actually going to suffer. They would need help, but they would not... In Australia, a lot of people don't know their neighbors. So how would they seek help if they need any help? So I created this app called Angel Next Door. You won't be able to download in Australia, but you can actually, uh, in India, but you can actually go to angelnextdoor.com.au and uh, look at it. And what this app does is that if someone needs a help, it would actually, they would be able to post their request. All of their neighbors would see that someone has requested for a help and they would be able to offer help through this application or someone needs groceries or medicines or something like that, they would be able to do that. So that's one idea. The second thing is around uh, the contact tracing. Restaurants would uh, need an app that would actually allow for a better contactless uh, serving uh, as well. So there are huge, huge opportunities for creating apps that are based on either remote working or uh, distancing or just contact tracing or uh, anything that allows people to interact with each other uh, without getting in physical contact with each other. All right, thank you so much, everyone. I've got some more questions. Sorry, I was not able to take all the questions, uh, but uh, we already passed our time. So if you like this video, please, please uh, let me know by liking uh, and commenting and giving the hearts and and sharing it out because uh, uh, I, I put in a lot of time in actually sort of coming out and, and talking to you. So I would like this message to be spread out to more people as well. I like this uh, live stuff is something that's again, pretty new for me. So as I'm trying to help you, I would need your encouragement, your support and just sharing it by tagging your friends and commenting and just showing your support so that I am encouraged to sort of come come more often. And uh, I've decided that I'll be back again every Thursday, 9 p.m. on YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook and 7 p.m. on Instagram on Thursday. Now, if you're not following me on Instagram, make sure that you follow me on Instagram. Make sure that you connect me on LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube as well. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks a lot for all the love. And let me know in the comments. Please let me know in the comments how was today's session. Uh, did you learn anything from it? Did you enjoy the session? I would really appreciate that. And I will look at your comments each and every comment individually. Have a good night and all the very best. And I'll see you next Thursday, 9 p.m. same time. Uh, Currentopedia, and then the next live event is next Thursday, 9 p.m. Indian Standard Time. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Amar Kutub Show. We hope you gained valuable insights. Don't forget to get in touch with us via LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or our website www.amarkutub.com. 
Stay tuned for the latest news and insights about jobs and careers. I hope you find your next best opportunity soon. Until next time, goodbye.